0: Welcome to Tax Insights, presented by Hawkins Ash CPAs. Good morning, listeners. Welcome back to Tax Insight here on the Lakeshore's Good Neighbor, WOMT. Every week, we got Jeff from Hawkins Ash joining us. Jeff, good morning, sir. Good morning, Terry. Today, we're going to talk
1: about if you can claim a casualty loss. Right. Because I want to talk about the tax impacts from personal casualties, disasters, and thefts. Um, you know, So what we're going to talk today is about really just personal losses. Um, business or income-producing losses, they have different rules. So we're just going to talk about the personal ones. So let's get started. So if I remember correctly, I think that the rules for this changed fairly recently, right? They did. Um, You know, it was 2018, but the rules did change for casualty losses and they were really narrowed and now include only certain losses that you can deduct. So what losses then actually qualify? The losses that qualify now are only personal casualties that are sustained in a federally declared disaster area. In the past, most other casualties qualified, but now it's limited to just those areas.
0: So I'm sure that there's a definition of
1: casualty, correct? Yeah, there is. So the loss, you know from has to be from an identifiable event, they call it, that's sudden, unexpected, or unusual. So you know, this is something like earthquakes, it's um, floods, those kind of things. Even if, you know the loss happens in a federally declared disaster area, it still may not qualify if the loss was gradual or a progressive event. Because remember, it's gotta be sudden, unexpected, unusual. Right. So let's say that the interior of your home has mold and uh, maybe some other issues, and it's been a problem for years. Just because you live in an area that had a federally declared disaster, it doesn't mean that those particular repairs are gonna be deductible.
0: So what type of losses would not qualify
1: then? So in in most cases, you know, car accidents, vandalism, your boat sinks, you know, those kind of things don't qualify. And like we talked about earlier, earthquakes, fires, floods, you know, storm damage, those things would not qualify either unless they're in a federally declared disaster area.
0: So then how is the loss amount actually determined?
1: Yeah, the loss is figured by taking the lower of the basis in the property, And the basis is basically how much you paid for it and how much you put into it in improvements. And you compare that to the decrease in the fair market value. So let's say you purchased a home for $100,000 and you have damage and the decrease in the fair market value is $60,000. Well, since 60,000 is less than the 100 that you bought it for, that 60,000 would be your casualty loss. So what happens if you get insurance proceeds then? So that loss that we just talked about that would get reduced by any kind of proceeds, um, insurance or otherwise, that you might receive. Now, depending on the situation, this sometimes could even result in a gain if your insurance proceeds are more than your loss.
0: Right. Now, if someone has a loss, though, how is the loss actually calculated?
1: Yeah. So I'll talk about deducting losses and how to pick up gains um, since we're kind of running out of time here a little bit. But, you know, each loss a person has to jump over two hurdles in order to make that deductible. And it's deductible on Schedule A, so it benefits those who itemize. The first hurdle is a pretty low one. It's $100 per event reduction in that loss that we just talked about. But the second hurdle is a much larger reduction because it's 10% of your adjusted gross income. So you know, if you have 50,000 of income and you have a loss, that loss has to be reduced by... $5,100, and then any remaining losses can then be deducted on your return. So, you know, it's you can get a casualty loss, but there's a lot of things that subtract off uh, to make it not as beneficial as we would hope. Now, if there's a gain, that gain is actually included on your Schedule D as a capital gain, but you might be able to defer that gain or even not pay tax on that gain at all if you plan on making repairs to the building and you have out-of-pocket expenses and you do that within two years. Now, one of the things that I did is I just basically scratched the surface. There's so many different things that go on with casualty losses. So if you have an unfortunate event, two things to remember. Number one, keep really good records. And number two, talk to your accountant. Jeff, a lot of great
0: information. And as you mentioned, just scratching the tip of the iceberg here uh, on the program. If listeners need to connect with you guys over at Hawkins Ash, what is the best way of doing that?
1: I would go right to our website, which is hawkinsash.cpa, or follow us on you know some of the social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all those kind of things. And we'll talk
0: to you next week, Jeff, here on WOMT. This has been Tax Insights, presented by Hawkins Ash CPAs. Learn more online at hawkinsashcpas.com. Hawkins Ash CPAs. Part of your business, part of your life.